Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this material podcast, episode number 209. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion, and Andy gives me the courtesy of letting me introduce myself every other week <laughs> while I take that courtesy away from him. No, Just, no, it's it's different I'm styles. Realizing. It's... <laughs> It's uh, it's like when sometimes uh, just uh, Picard sometimes has the bridge Fair. sometimes and Kirk has the bridge of his enterprise and it's, it's the different styles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a, that's perfectly fine. Uh, so I got to, it's a uh, I, uh, I I really want to make sure that people know uh, about how this uh, this we've been having this sort of an opera here. <laughs> Regarding this really super cheap and super it was chintzy laptop, an unintentional laptop. opera, by the way. Well, not uh, intended to become a five-part drama, but alas. <laughs> yes, well, see, I, I prefer to think of this Android laptop as kind of like uh, Alex Keaton on Family Ties, as portrayed by Michael J. Fox. They mm-hmm. they didn't foresee that he was going to become the breakout character of the series, and although oh. that did ruffle Meredith Baxter Burney's uh, fur the wrong way a little bit there, because she really thought that was going to be a showcase for her talents as an actress, we we all accept that uh, the audience responds to what it responds to and that this show should be, in a sense, a living organism that uh, figures out life somehow finds a way. And I believe that I should uh, get uh, get credit for not doing the voice because uh, I think that's uh, his, his voice is starting to be a little bit played out. But anyway, so uh, the solution Wait, is Alex Keaton's or Jeff Goldblum's? Uh, Gold, Jeff Goldblum's. <laughs> OK, just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. We're always on the on the same page. It's true. It's true. Uh, so uh, when last we left, the two uh, Android laptops that I saw behind the counter with, with, where all the extremely expensive technology at the drugstore is sold from, uh, the drugstore converting to a Walgreens from a Rite Aid actually had been bought by Walgreens a long time ago. They're just doing the sign changeover, so they're getting rid of all the old merchandise. And uh, I kept an eye on it because I was thinking about maybe if it got down to like, I don't know, the price of a copy of People magazine, maybe. I might pick it up just to see how bad a like a a laptop computer that was that a runs an early version of Android uh, B is priced for sale at a drugstore and probably is made out of sticks and animal skins. How how bad would that experience be? And they disappeared uh, as I was uh, like last week, and I'm like, did somebody actually? buy these things and no no no. it turned out they 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 turned up later they'd actually been taken behind the counter and put on like regular shelves where i think to invite people to steal them because they realize that that's the only way that they're going to be gotten rid of unfortunately i was hoping that there was going to be like a final day look either these go into the dumpster or we get some money for them or we have to ship them put them in a, in a locker or someplace please give us anything for them that didn't happen they guess the the 70% was the lowest price however so i did not buy them uh, there was actually, i was going to say like did did we get the results of you coming out of this with one and i see the no no and, and it turns out that one of them was a tablet and one of them was a, a laptop. Not that okay. that would have made anything any better. But uh, so, but there there was there is good news coming out of all this entire saga. Uh-huh. There's like a late late uh, late in the story twist where I was uh, taking my. Uh, the, it was the first day that they were doing the the, the rip out of the store. 
And of course, I had to go down back uh, and check out like what was happening around the dumpsters. And they were throwing out the big like black uh, steel uh, steel wire uh, uh, rack that they were selling the like two liter and one liter bottles of Coca Cola from near the stand. So I have so I now have in my kitchen holding like cereal and snacks and various sundries an actual Coca Cola retailer like wire display. Each shelf, of course, is designed. To, to hold like uh, like six two liter bottles, so it's super 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 sturdy. It's got like the metal cutout Coke bottles on you either side. You carted that of home? How did you get it home? I carried it because I'm a big beefy burrito of a man. Is why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although I, I was I wasn't I'm not so manly as to simply I'm going to this. If they didn't if they didn't mean for this to be thrown out or taken, they shouldn't left it next to the dumpster. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go to take it. I actually waited for uh, for someone to turn up, uh, and then he uh, went and fetched the guy. Uh, and the guy said, oh, no, absolutely. By, by all means, like, take whatever you like. Uh, and on f- so it had like a, this double pronged effect, unfortunately. Number one, I knew that there was so. Ex- so, no, it wasn't that that they were uh, Coca-Cola had to they, they had to like cut it up and show Coca-Cola that they have they had not resold or anything or anything like that. So I wasn't getting anybody in trouble by taking this. Unfortunately. Whoever was uh, the team that was doing the tear out was doing like a really haphazard job of like tearing down. It was like a big pile of like wire racks and like wire shelves and stuff like that. And the uh, the guy, having apparently seen this pile for the first time about what his work people were doing, I heard as I was like collecting the picking this up and like humping it over my shoulder to carry it uh, to carry it home. I real uh, I could kind of overhear him saying that they need to do something about this pile because it was kind of a safety thing, uh, and so by the t- <laughs> so I got it back to the house. I had I did have to stop a couple of times because this is like a thirty pound forty pound steel thing and kind of ungainly, uh, and so when I got home I did take like about a half hour to relax. Uh, and which time I changed uh, into uh, like shorts and a comfortable T-shirt, grabbed my my my, my moving dolly <laughs> with the intention of seeing if there was anything like other like shelving or something I could salvage. And the entire pile had been moved uh, into the dumpster. So and I decided that the line here I'm going I'm not going to cross is that even though I could walk back there after dark and. As I have done so many times before, particularly in my teens and 20s, just strap on that red headlamp <laughs> and just go dumpster diving for interesting and, and valuable things. I decided that it would be churlish at my age, particularly because before it would be I'm going to ride my bike to, to an industrial park. Uh, like five miles away, and if I get chased off, I'm a 13 year old, 14 year old kid. They're not gonna the the security guy is not gonna like press charges. They're just he's just gonna wave his flashlight and say, "Hey, you kids, get away from that dumpster!" And as soon as I clear, if I get into trouble like a mile from my house, I might not be able to show my face back at that drugstore again. And that that is my that is where I go to get like a bottle of diet Dr. Pepper when all hope seems to be lost in my workday and it's 7.35 p.m. and I feel as though leaving the house, <laughs> looking at and, the sun. Yeah, and that, and would, and that would spread Dr. to Pepper. the rest of the neighborhood too and, well, yeah. you would be known as that guy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No. Nobody wants to be known as see, that th- see, guy. Th- this way, I am, uh, I, am the, I am the guy who is lucky enough to like take the, the initiative to inquire and to see the potential 
in this piece of urbania of urban commercial uh, I mean, fusion it is. funk. It's true. Exactly. I, I mean, pretty soon, someday we'll have whole art museums devoted to uh, capitalistic structures of these sorts. Yeah. <laughs> Just to gaze upon them in the ways that things were being marketed in real time. It's just, it's really, it's it's a vintage part of marketing that you have there in your house now. Also, and also it saves me as, as uh, it saves me $40 that I might have spent on a, <laughs> on a piece a, of a crappy rack, Ikea furniture. Hey. Sorry. Ikea is <laughs> not that good quality. It's not. <laughs> I, I, uh, and, and let me, let me just underscore, I have no shame about this, nor do I feel that I should have any shame about this. You shouldn't I, have any it shame is, at it. It yeah. is a lovely, lovely thing. The fact that it is clearly a recycled Coca-Cola thing only makes it more cool in my estimation. I love it when people have stuff like that in their house yeah. because it has a story. I believe in the things in my house have to have a story behind it. Whether it's like the artist who created something or how I procured that thing. Because otherwise, what's the point of it being in your house, right? Right. And now you have the advantage of having an actual, well, if you wanted to convert that into an actual beverage storage system. So when you have people over, you could just go. Grab your grab your beverage. I am tempted. There there was a time where I might have a half dozen two liter bottles of soda in the house. Not because I go through that many in a course of a day, but because you buy oh, them in look, bulk. You save money. Yeah, I get because, it. You know, the, the local supermarket often does like eighty eight cents per bottle. Must buy five. I buy kombucha in two liter bottles now, so you don't have to explain oh. it to me. That's that's I, I was raised Catholic. That feels the like the germs an act of are penance. like really giant. You can oh. just see them at the bottom of the bottle. You can either do You're fifty saying. rosaries, ten stations of the cross, or plunk. Drink this entire two liter bottle of, of fungus <laughs> <Germy>. tea. Germy <laughs> tea. Um, I love kombucha. I have no shame. <laughs> it's very Californian of me. Um, I, I, I'm mocking kombucha, even though I've never tried it, chiefly because, like Clamato, you ask, what is this stuff? And they say, well, it's tomato juice with clam juice inside it. And I'm not really. Oh, that I forgot that that's what Clamato was. Oh, I just got not. I'm so sorry, they say everybody. Kombucha. Who likes it. It's like, uh, I'm glad you like it. I'm not judging you for liking it. Hey, I'm at just least kombucha that- tastes like fruits. Yeah, like true. you get things that taste like fruits, you know, lemonades and berries of all sorts. Mm. So we have a anyway. We have what we have only one real update uh, in, in in other Android news. Uh, just today, Google announced that uh, we talked about uh, in today May being that, Wednesday. Hmm? Today <laughs> being Wednesday, yes. Uh, that uh, Google is going to sort of start auto letting you auto delete location history, and uh, that feature is now they say rolling out starting today to Android and iOS. Uh, if you uh, go to your uh, go to your personal account preferences, you can tell it to automatically delete location history every th- as soon as it is three months old. So it's like a rolling every single day. Whatever is three months old will go. And if you do nothing, it will auto delete after eighteen months. So this is uh, we should be clear. This is just your location history. It's not everything that you do on Google, which is of which location history is simply one tiny teensy little part. But it's nice it's a nice step and it does show that google is uh either a listening and trying to make sure that they remain a responsible conservator of your personal information or b uh 
they they hear the hoofbeats of the war uh, the war soldiers of doom coming over the next hill and perhaps it would be nice if they could when they come uh with their sabers uh, unsheathed perhaps google could say but look we're auto deleting personal history because we feel as though that's what people want you see we're not hey you, you, can can we give you all like beer and coffee on your way to the facebook campus which will give you google maps directions to uh, horses of doom here, here's, here's some Pixel phones that you can that will help you to navigate and use the voice navigator to help you to Facebook, where I'm sure you all agree you should be getting to before you. Get a little to bit us. of column A, a little bit of column B, a dash of. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Andy, what say you? We jump into our ad a little earlier this episode. Mm, I think we can do that. Yeah, let's do it. This episode of Material was brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, just drop an email. Give them a call or just chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier for you. Whatever suits you best. Oh, and they also have some super useful guides and support documentation, so if you just need to quickly look something up, you can. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. This new management console is a single-page application build using the cutting-edge React.js stack and is backed entirely by Linode's public API. And it's open source. Plus, they feature two-factor authentication to keep you and all your data safe and secure. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at one gig of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. And Linode has a special offer for you. As a listener of this show, The Material Podcast, you can go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So give Linode a try today. That's linode.com slash material and promo code material2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of the Material Podcast and all of the Relay FM network. Okay, so uh, an unusual episode in which we have a story here that does not put Google in a very positive light. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not unusual. <laughs> Well, That's I was been... being sarcastic. I was sort of easing into it. Okay, Andy, you have to do you have to do the backslash s, okay? Otherwise, nobody knows you're being sarcastic. Mm. <laughs> yeah. See. No, I'm sorry. It's just a new thing I learned from Twitter. Apparently, nobody knows you're sarcastic unless you didn't use backslash s. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Uh, it's it's a it's a generational thing. I would not have recognized that. Uh, I saw a uh, the Facebook page of. Uh, a teenager who had died and which was a very, very sad story. And a lot of his or her friends were just replying with just like the letter R and nothing else. I'm like, what does that, does that like reply? And it turns out that they're uh, in the, I think call of duty game. You press the R button to pay your respects at a oh, funeral. Wow. And so 
That's like, that's some deep meta like internet culture like that's Gen Z in a nutshell right there. Which, yeah. RIP to that teen, but it, that is quite a woof. Um, and, and, the so fact, and the fact that that is, that is, it is not just, they're not like making fun of, oh, oh, oh yes. Like, no, I think it's it actually is, quite again, beautiful. It is, right. They, they find their own way to pay respects that their it's own like generation will understand. It's like put on the understand. little boat and burned out in the middle of the sea. Like, what a fantastic <laughs> way to have your body go. Anybody listening out there? Uh, okay, so. Good waste we of should, a good boat. Okay, we're yeah, going to soften um, things up. Uh, basically, Google once, uh, once again demonstrates that uh, I, uh, I'm not sure that I'm quoting anybody here. This is just a phrase that occurred to me. Someone who is just really, really bad even at handling a very, very simple situation. The phrase that comes to mind is, man, that guy could even screw up a cheese sandwich. I'm saying that like cheese sandwiches, slice of bread, yeah. you put cheese on top of that slice of bread, then you take another slice of bread, put it on top of it, boom. Preferably you, you would moisten it. it with a little bit of mayonnaise on each side. No, see, again, no, again, that that's nice bonus, but all you got to do is manage okay. to remember bread, cheese, bread, that's and you've fair. successfully. And so the people who would even screw that up. So, uh, so Google has screwed up the cheese sandwich again by voluntarily creating unnecessary fallout over Google's involvement in the San Francisco in the San Francisco Pride Parade this Saturday we're recording on Wednesday uh, the uh, Saturday the 30th so uh, Google was sponsoring a, a corporate float they've been involved they in the have Pride one parade. of the biggest exactly. I should note one of the biggest floats one of the, they've been big big supporters uh, but this comes uh, during the month that uh, uh, the uh, that community, pretty much every, even <laughs> I think almost everybody outside the community is still kind of seething over how YouTube responded to uh, Stephen Crowder, uh, the quote conservative quote con- quote conservative columnist quote comedian quote wingnut uh, has been and harassing. Uh, to be fair, sorry, Andy. I just wanted to add to be fair that what happened with Carlos Maza, the Vox journalist, was just a. Another nail in a lot of coffin. Right. I just, con- yeah. continue basically, con- but specifically this, uh, they, uh, Carlos, Ma- uh, Carlos Maza of, uh, of Vox uh, was finally had had enough of two years of not being, not getting YouTube to do anything about the personal harassment uh, about his uh, being gay, about his being non-white, uh, about all this harassment that was being focused against him from Steven Crowder and his followers and his audience and YouTube basically doing nothing. And finally, uh <laughs> Uh, say, oh, well, we've uh, the to recap, uh, YouTube was kind of pretending as though these complaints had never been kicked upstairs to the right desk and told uh, uh, told uh, Carlos Maza uh, uh, after he blew it up on YouTube. So we'll be looking at this very, very carefully. And then the next day saying we've looked at this very carefully and Crowder doesn't violate any YouTube policies. So we're not doing anything. Hope you're cool with that. I hope you understand freedom of speech. You know, some things are some some things are important, Carlos. It's not all about you. Uh, they, they so much has said that it doesn't really matter to them. And then they, quote, reverse themselves after the cor- very, very correct backlash, saying that, well, we are demonetizing this person. And okay. Cool. Yeah. That really pushes society forward. You're just going to demonetize them. Yeah. I should I should double check <laughs> to make sure they didn't. I, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't take down the channel, unfortunately. Uh that the uh, demonetization at the very <laughs> basically weak sauce uh, against them. So as a result, uh, 
because this, of course, happened uh, during Pride Month, uh, a lot of people inside Google have been uh, talking about uh, the employees. A lot of people inside Google, Googlers, have been talking about uh, we should be, we really feel as though we should protest these policies, not only this particular policy, but the fact that it is a sign of enduring uh, defense of uh, popular YouTubers and not defending uh, the groups that these YouTubers are attacking. And so uh, this, they were talking in the – there's an internal uh, Google listserv they, uh, called Gaglers, and uh, they were having conversations about this. So maybe we should uh, – like, we'll, should we like maybe make up some special T-shirts or carry signs? And this was an ongoing conversation inside. And the in, – in, an inclusion lead, quote-unquote, uh, at Google who was participating in the conversation said – and the, here is a uh, quote via The Verge – quote, Employees are free to make whatever statement they want personally, apart from our apart from our corporate sponsored float slash contingent. But they are not permitted to leverage our platform to express a message contradictory to the one Google is expressing. Uh, they didn't make any mention of punishment for that violation when they were uh, when questioned. They only redirected them to uh, uh, Google's employee policy. Uh, so their statement is that, no, of course, you're free to protest wherever you want, except for on a Google-branded, Google-sponsored float. The subtext being that uh, we can, we don't we don't want we we I think there was almost explicitly uh, an explicit statement saying that there is a uh, exactly a message contradictory to the one Google is expressing. So the purpose of that huge float in the Pride Parade is for Google the corporation to make a statement that Google the corporation wishes to expose to the people who are uh, attending the Pride Parade, as opposed to. Let's uh, let our employees express themselves and express their individuality and their own personal thoughts and 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 statements. Uh, the same memo, of course, did acknowledge that they're free to post uh, uh, to protest on any other float or anywhere else. But a couple of problems there. It's uh, way too late for them to, for any Googlers who uh, want to protest to get on another float. It's certainly too late for them to put another float to their own float together. Uh, and the final problem is that uh, the parade is on June 30th, the very last day of Pride Month. So it's not as though this uh, they have an opportunity to, OK, well, we'll 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 participate in Boston Pride or we'll participate in New York Pride. There is no other opportunities to participate in a Pride Parade. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, parenthetically. There's more data coming in. Uh, actually, more news today, as a matter of fact. But this is a, a very, very big problem, uh, particularly with the uh, the ways that uh, that Pride Month and the, and Pride parades have uh, uh, evolved since the original parade, which of course was a massive protest parade. Uh, uh, in reaction to Stonewall. So this wasn't, it's now, it's, there is a, it's it's now, quote, uh, I'm using the sarcastic form of safe for a major corporation to support uh, a pride parade and have a corporate sponsored float in pride parade. Whereas anybody who is of um, not even, not even generation X can remember Times where cities would be and uh, city groups would be uh, trying to uh, get the city to not 
uh, grant a permit for a pride parade because these are shameful people who are flaunting their deviant lifestyle. This is not, the fact that when you see, if you're younger and you don't, you didn't live through this era. When you see again the Coca-Cola company and the and all of its subsidiaries proudly stand behind the community as this is a new development, this is starting to morph away from this is an important parade for an important cause for people who are being shut out and sh- made and told to shut up everywhere in our society. And this parade was a way to say, look, we're right here. If you want to get at us, here we are. We're not hiding. And so for it, it's there. I, I'm only, I'm only speaking personally here, not for any large group or for anybody else, but myself, but it bothers me a little bit that the meaning and the importance of the parade has started to been in the public eye, I've been toned down from the important role that it serves to, oh, hey, look, there's a fun parade in June when it's summer and we really want to go out uh, and and see a fun parade anyway. This is not just a, uh, just a parade. It's something very, very important. And it really is offensive that you have companies who are doing uh, – uh, applying uh, what's called the rainbow veneer of uh, – like here, here is a company that is – Proudly, you know, we're we're doing a rain our rainbow packaging for the month of June to celebrate Pride Month, and but let's not talk about the millions of dollars they're donating to political candidates who are actively voting and actively campaigning against people that are affected by this community. It is horrible, stinking situation, and Google basically has volunteered themselves to become part of this situation when, again, it would have cost them practically nothing to just say, whatever you guys want to do, whatever you women want to do, whatever anybody wants to do on our float, we're not going to get in your way. Whatever the there is, there might be employee policies, but we might have to revise those policies in light of things that we didn't even think about when they were written. Okay, but let's get back to, uh, so today, uh, 100 Googlers, over 100 Googlers, have petitioned the directors of San Francisco Pride to kick out Google's official float. Uh, They did this uh, via a a petition that they have also posted on uh, Medium from an account called Ban Google from Pride. Uh, And I really do want to let their own words uh, communicate here, so I'm quoting directly. We do not make this request without serious consideration of the alternatives. We have spent countless hours advocating for our company to improve policies and practices regarding the treatment of LGBTQ plus persons, the depiction of LGBTQ plus persons, and harassment and hate speech directed at LGBTQ plus persons on YouTube and other Google products. Whenever we press for change, we are told only that the company will, quote, take a hard look at these policies, unquote, but we are never given a commitment to improve. And when we ask when these improvements will be made, we are always told to be patient. We are told to wait. For a large company, perhaps waiting is prudent, but for those whose very right to exist is threatened, we say there is no time to waste. And we have waited too long already. We are no longer content to wait. And it closes, I think, with uh, I think this is the closing paragraph. 
on the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots in a pride celebration whose very slogan is, quote, generations of resistance, unquote, we ask you to join us in resisting LGBTQ plus oppression on the Internet and the subjugation of our right to equality in favor of calculated business concerns. The first pride was a protest, and so now must this pride be one. Well said. Yeah, it's, my friends, what we call rainbow capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just, it's not to, I mean, so I do want to say something just as a bystander. Um, You know, I know that a lot of, there are a lot of people who work at Google and that the, the people who are making these decisions, whether it be how to, uh, how to conduct yourself as a part of the Google float in the parade or who's hiring whom for an AI ethics board or who's allowing this person to be monetized on YouTube. Um, it's not indicative of the whole, co- of the company at large. And I know that in, in 2019, um, Google is one of the safer places to work. Um, I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I'm not actually a part of the community. And so I don't want to speak for a community that I'm, you know, that's not, that's not up to me to say that. Um, but just based on what I have heard from folks that I know who work there and who work in Silicon Valley, that that's like, they felt like that's one of the safer places. And so it is a bummer to see this kind of, like, you know, hand-wringing, like, well, it can't look bad on the Pride float in San Francisco uh, because, you know, everybody's going to f- – it's just – it's it's absurd. Um, SF Pride is – it is a giant party for the city. Um, it's a giant party for the Bay Area. But I <sighs> – this whole thing just would make me – this would make me very disgruntled if I were an employee at Google. I would just feel very like unsupported, honestly. <laughs> it would make me feel very unsupported to have like a, a memo going around that says I can't um I can't protest or I it could hurt my job. It just doesn't but uh Yeah. There's so much nuance to this too, because then then people argue, well, it's a private company and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I don't really care that it's a private company. Like I don't I don't really care about that stuff. What I care about is who I'm giving my money to. I'm giving a lot of my money to Google, uh, who I'm giving my data to. I'm giving a lot of my data to Google. And so as a consumer, I want to see that all that stuff is being put to good use. And in my opinion, uh, and according to my values, this is not, I don't see the point of putting all this money into pride if the employees can't express themselves as like they want to. It's just. Yeah, it's. I see. I I find this a it's a little bit complicated for me too, uh, maybe for different reasons. Um, I've first and first and foremost, I think that at this particular time in these particular circumstances, uh, it is what Google should have done is simply said that the here is what the here is what the code of employee conduct says. We are suspending that for the purposes of uh, of pride. Whatever you want to do do it. Uh, that said, uh, I do understand why that principle in the employee code of conduct exists. Like if you can imagine somebody who wants to be on the Google float, who wants to uh, just have a you know, tr- Trump 2020 banner 
or do something. Uh, they, they, there is a, there is, uh, in a broad sense, a problem with when you doing something when uh, Google is doing something as a corporate sponsored float for making sure that they uh, that they that people know that what is specifically Google's message. What is a personal message? And that could become a little bit blurred. How, and again, I'm, I'm making my own cheese sandwich here. The other, the, the, I, I have to bookmark that with that is a basic principle that is, must be kept in mind. However, when keeping that principle causes harm, it's just not worth pursuing. I think people are smart enough to understand within the context of the Pride Parade that this is uh, it, it, that this is uh, a, an important opportunity for member for Google employees to make a statement in a place where they feel it's going to count. That it's not going to be misconstrued as official policy statements from Google. Uh, this is this is why I feel as though they just the company just screwed this up royally by not taking a step back and understanding here is the effect that this is going to have on an entire community and especially on the employees at Google who right now they're feeling as though are is it okay for us to protest is it okay for us to speak out and try to create change from within or are there going to be consequences for our careers inside of this company that we love working for so much we've already seen in uh, previous protests where there have been walkouts that you have Sundar Pichai speaking saying we here's a memo saying we to all offices of Google all around the world I ask that you please support these people and not interfere with their ability to do them. Meanwhile, and then let's check back two months later when it's no longer mm-hmm. a Twitter t- trending topic. And s- let's ask these people again, uh, how has, has there been any pushback? Have there been any consequences? And a lot of them are saying that, yeah, this has really, really affected the last two months of my work at Google. And uh, the, you have to keep on top of Google for this sort of stuff. Again, I wish that these companies would be smarter than this, but they're not. This is an opportunity for them to say this is something we truly care about. This is a problem, not a PR problem. And Google has not convinced anybody, particularly not through this last action, that they see this as anything larger than a PR problem. It's just that whole not permitted to leverage our platform to express a message. Dissent will be punished. I don't I don't think it's I'm quite sorry. That heavy. I know, yeah. I know, but it's just like, okay, but what about that jerk face who spread all that stuff about women not being able, not being birthed for the same yeah. things? <laughs> like was he expressing a message contradictory? Were you not contradicting that message, Google? It was spread in your employee message boards. Like it's just frustrating. It's just because we are putting on a performative display of our allyship in pride. So please, as our employees, make sure everybody sees that we're allies, even though we're making a lot of policy, we're putting a lot of policies into place that show otherwise. Hmm. It's just, it's, uh, it's frustrating and we need to see through these things as users of these things and we need to call it out when we see it. That's that's what we have to do. Okay. So I support the employees at Google um, who want to protest what's happening. And um, I wish I could 
Put on a parade for them. I mean, <laughs> you know, well, I, see, I live I, in a small town. I can't make much impact. Okay. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> well, the 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 effects of the petition. Uh, this is the news about the petition only broke uh, earlier this afternoon, so we don't know what. Uh, the leaders of the organizers of the yeah, of San Francisco Pride are going to do. So they might decide to pull uh, pull the float. Uh, well, Google. they did, but SF Pride, they did reply and say, in response, San Francisco Pride released a statement, this is according to Engadget, confirming that Google will remain a partner in the 2019 Parade. The statement notes that, Google has been a considerate partner of SF Pride for a number of years and has historically been a strong ally to LGBTQ plus communities. Um, and I think there was another thing that I ended up. Now, was that from Ju- was that from June's uh, earlier? It was in June an hour ago. Today? Oh, an hour ago. Okay. Yeah, an hour ago um, by Christine Fisher. I only asked because uh, there was uh, when the uh, when the quote PR problem, let's say. First, uh, first surfaced at earlier this month with uh, Stephen Crowder being allowed to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Uh, the, there was at a at a board meeting. There was a bunch of people making the statements that perhaps it's appropriate to not let uh, not let uh, Google have their float. So I just wanted to make sure that I was not confused. So from SF Pride, Google and YouTube can and must do more to elevate and protect the voices of LGBTQ plus creators on their platforms. And we found that Google has been willing to listen to this criticism and is working to develop appropriate policies. Um, So a lot of uh, the way I see this being positioned is that SF Pride has basically given Google the leeway to make the decisions it has, which just a reminder to everyone again out there, SF Pride is also its own like organization, it does rely on a lot of corporate donations to be able to put off this massive, um, this massive parade at the end of June every year. Um, I've marched in the parade several years in a row as a part of the church groups, uh, towards the, <laughs> they march at the end of the parade cause they have no money. Uh, well yeah. the right ones have no money. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Woo, sorry. Pray um, with me for that $60 million Gulfstream jet. Um, None of the seats on my current jet are upholstered with any endangered Tyler species. Tyler Perry gave it to me at a discount, and Ugh. I had to take it from Tyler Perry. It was a great discount. We are actually uh, quoting, by the way, a pastor who said that he bought his jet from Tyler Perry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know what you're going to edit you out of this. You buy a ticket to a curious. really lame drag movie, and you think, oh, I'm not hurting anybody. Well, there are effects. Okay? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Uh, okay. Uh, Jim's going to love this edit. Um, (laughs) so, yeah, so, so, but I, I, I will have to say that, uh, SF pride really does have a certain amount of power here. If they were to say, first of all, whatever, whatever money that they've put into 2019 parade, those checks have already been already cleared. Yeah. So, and the, um, the amount of, uh, the the impact that they could make by saying, you know what, Google, this isn't cool. That uh, is, it isn't cool that you are uh, that, that you're specifically telling people not to protest on the float. Again, I'll say again, I have to take a step back. Personally, I do understand that if you are wearing, if, if you are like like if you were at a conference to well, Google has sent me to this conference to speak on behalf of Google about how these APIs work at this developers conference. If you decide to wear make a personal statement from that podium. That's not cool, but this is. I'm saying that this is not the same situation. An exception should be made. But getting uh, getting back to SF Pride, uh, for them to say that this is not cool, we are going to. We think it is. If you're not willing to show 
Uh, and uh, if you're not willing to go to uh, certain extremes, I'm sorry, if you're not willing to take that next step to show support for your employees and to show support for our community, we are willing to go to uh, a next step, which is to take the unprecedented step of pulling your uh, the, the float of a major sponsor. And if that means that you will not, that will affect our relationship going forward, we can still have a pride parade without uh, without Google's involvement, even if it is a uh, we don't. I don't. I don't think it would be necessarily a smaller parade. But if we are willing oh, to no. take that, we are willing to take that risk because this is not a one. We are not protesting this one relationship with this one YouTuber and this one journal, gay journalist on Vox. We are commenting on a consistent uh, lack of. Uh, uh, lack of awareness and lack of willing to do anything about the problems caused but, by but people on your platforms. do you think SF Pride, like, do you think they really know about all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast? That's the other thing is like, mm. does anybody really know outside of our little bubble? Because if you were to just explain this to any old person, I mean, they're not reading, they're not knee deep in the tech section reading all of this stuff. Like they are paying attention. Like that's that's the sort of the, oh. the thing that I I struggle with because in my own uh, in my own work, I'm just like, how do I reach an audience to understand these things outside of this bubble? And it's it's when it gets to the mainstream, this is not I mean, this stuff is not being talked about on like local radio. The stuff is not it's not really being discussed except in our circles. And so how can you expect the SF Pride board to know exactly like what's been going on? To, to be fair. Well, I, w- I would counter that by saying it's in the title of the organization they're in San Francisco, mm. so they know all about Google and Facebook and Apple, and they're the they're, they're they are the organizations of the Pride Parade. They don't. I, I'm, yeah. I can't imagine that they are not aware. Uh, if, <laughs> I can't imagine they're not aghast of this. What is becoming a huge, huge, huge problem, and uh, it's. I wonder the, if they research the churches they let march in the parade. Mm. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> see that's that, that again. That's the problem. Yeah, this podcast of, is going on. Is, won't, is, won't we? Won't we look great by by marching in this parade? And they, I'm sure that no one will again look into where our con- our campaign contributions have gone. Let's, uh, if God insure, it's it's a terrible situation, and it's not limited to uh, to pride. Of course, it's like I, I kind of feel the same way. Question everything, but, people. Just quite the. the Andy and I, if we want to leave you with anything at the end of any episode of material, it's just question everything. Like, it's okay to love things and to be a fan of things. You know, I'm a fan of so many things. I mean, just today I was yapping off about 90210, as I always am on my Twitter. (laughs) But that doesn't mean I don't recognize the problematic parts of 90210 (laughs) and call the, you know, you just got to live on... Live a balanced life, as they yeah. say. And the and and the and one of the other things that I think is important in life, as when any, any top of the week that we discuss, is that uh, life, the world is complicated, and it's not it's not always A or B. Um, I'm as passionately as I feel about certain subjects. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that SF Pride needs to. Get rid of kick Google out until they get certain concessions and certain. I'm saying that this is what I would like to see because I don't I don't see the scope of the I see the scope of the problem from my side from from my side of the world. I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing the problem and the effects that they can 
the, the effects of various solutions available to them from the point of view of the organizers of FSF Pride. It's always complicated. Again, this is why I've probably said for the third or fourth time, I understand Google's broad corporate point of if you were yeah. here in the Google, if you're, there, there's a reason why you're not, uh, the, if you're in the U.S. military, you're not allowed to wear the uniform. I believe, I believe you're not allowed to wear the uniform like if when you're serving on a jury or, or and there's, there are certain situations in which you're not allowed to wear the uniform because the uniform conveys that you have, you represent not just yourself, but also you are part of, uh, of, of the defense forces and they would much rather not have you meddling in the, in the, in the anyway it's complicated let's uh, button this off okay uh, because there's another related uh, piece that I kind of put in here because I thought it was very very good yeah, uh, yeah. piece that uh, Julia Alexander writing for the verge mm-hmm. wrote a piece uh, saying that uh, YouTube looks to demonetization as a punishment for major creators but it doesn't work I think that was the headline of her piece uh, really making the statement that uh, whereas YouTube seems to think that uh, the deterrent against uh, hate speech and other uh, harmful speech on YouTube is that, hey, look, we will demonetize your channel. We're not going to take it down, but we will make sure that you're not going to get any money from ads. Uh, she makes the point that if you if yeah. it's a channel with large influence and a large audience, it really isn't uh, a deterrent for yeah. a couple of reasons. Number one, that they already make loads of money directly from their audiences from, via merch and via uh, speaking uh, fees and other businesses that they build up uh, via their audience mm-hmm. in YouTube. So it really is just their presence on YouTube that's very, very. They're still selling T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, as as a matter of fact, uh, they've. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Crowder was saying it was maybe not even just to save facing. Hey, you know, we got I got so much publicity uh, from being demonetized that now m- members of my private seventy dollar a year mug club is up thirty percent, and then uh, it's all you need is a PayPal link. Yeah, and you you've got paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, and also that uh, other major YouTubers have long since said, separate from this issue, that uh, they feel as though uh, all Google ever has to do is decide for whatever reason to demonetize your channel or a certain video and boom, that revenue goes away, which means that this they have tailored their businesses with this in mind, that we mm-hmm. we are never going to put ourselves in a position where we are counting on massive primary revenue coming from YouTube advertising. We are going to use YouTube, YouTube videos as a way of advertising businesses that exist outside of the control of Google. Uh, Felix PewDiePie, never know how to pronounce Uh, his name, basically said that uh, he was PewDiePie. PewDiePie, thank you very much. Uh, Saying that, quote, it's it's about uh, uh, YouTube ads, quote, it's inefficient, it's unstable, and it's an insecure revenue model, uh, and that most YouTube creators don't sustain themselves on ad revenue. So, if they if YouTube thinks that this is punishment, it really it's an inconvenience. It really isn't a punishment. By the way, PewDiePie is a terrible person. Never seen one of his videos. Uh, oh because, no, he's a terrible. Yeah, uh, uh, no, he's uh, a terrible racist. Yeah, <laughs> just so everybody knows. Uh, okay, sorry. Carlos keep Maza. Going. <laughs> uh, back we keep going back to June sixth when Carlos Maza uh, of Vox first really decided to blow this up. Uh, saying he uh, a couple of tweets in this thread on the subject demonetizing doesn't work abusers use it as proof they're being quote discriminated quote against then they make millions off of selling merch doing speaking gigs and getting their followers to support them on patreon 
sidebar, Patreon is very uh, it's a very good source of revenue. However, Patreon is kind of is many ways the yin to YouTube's yang here, where they are heavily moderated. And you are not – they don't just allow anybody to create a create a, a Patreon account and just post whatever they want. If they don't like the the content that you're creating, they they don't demonetize you. Their their public statements are that we will simply kick you off. And by and large, I'm not I'm sure it's not consistently applied everywhere because uh, they're operating at scale. But at least they have said that no, our weapon of choice is we deny you access to Patreon. Period. Um, so and also, the, there's always Venmo, which is the yeah. under the radar way, and all you have to do is send your Venmo subscription, and then you get added to a list, and that's how they know who you are. Yeah, there were so many, so many ways around all, and you know, all you have to do is just look around the internet, like I do every single day. Yeah. <laughs> but just to finish off, uh, quoting Carlos Maza on Twitter, the ad revenue isn't the problem; it's the platform. Yeah. YouTube drives millions of new customers towards Crowder's high engagement content, which he then uses to sell, quote, socialism is for, I will spell the word here because I don't want to say it, F-A-G-S, unquote, shirts for profit. It's a business and YouTube's technology provides bullies and bigots with an endless supply of news of new customers. So, yeah, this is this is why I, I really um, the link to this uh, Julia Alexander piece is going to be in the show notes. I do recommend that you read it because she does make an excellent case that why this is it's it's not going to work if if YouTube really wants to punish if, if they feel as though a creator needs to be punished and is doing things that are harmful. This is not a deterrent. It's not going to be effective. The only way that they are going to be able to stop these people or get these people to at least even think twice about the content that they put on YouTube is to make it impossible for them to actually put content on YouTube at all. Woof. Yes. As usual, we got our usual uh, Act One summertime fun time party cheery fest. We got some, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Uh, not all of it, none of it is going to be as uh, as heavy as all that, and we'll get to that as soon as we've talked about this ad. This episode of Material is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Sometimes the idea of being snooped on seems like something from the movies. Who cares about your online data, right? Bad news is your privacy can be compromised by hackers and more, and it does happen to normal people like me and you. But there is something you can do to protect yourself from cybercriminals. You can start using ExpressVPN, not tomorrow or sometime next week. Start using it today. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone, and you use the internet just as you normally do. Download the app, click to connect, and you're protected. And it uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there are no logs of what you do online. I like to use ExpressVPN on my Chromebook. And when I'm out and about, I'll log into VPN just to make sure that you've got to do that extra little pass-through to figure out what the heck I'm up to. And I love ExpressVPN because the Android app works perfectly fine on Chrome OS. It works in the background. It doesn't get in the foreground when I don't want it to be. And I know I can easily turn it on and off just from the notification shade in Chrome OS. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com material to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash material. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com. 
slash material for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the material podcast and all of the Relay FM network. Okay, well, it looks like uh, by uh, deciding not to buy that drugstore Android tablet, I was really on the crest of a wave here because even Google uh, has <laughs> has, an, uh, has uh, said that uh, publicly that, yeah, tablets aren't really our bag, baby. Uh, they were uh, J.R. Raphael of Computer World uh, broke, a, broke the story late last week. Uh, that uh, that uh, Google is going to stop making its own tablets, whether they're Chrome OS based or Android based. Uh, Raphael uh, said that there was a uh, news was revealed at an internal company meeting on Wednesday of last week. Uh, the company did have two smaller size tablets under development, and earlier this week it decided to decided to drop all work on those devices and make its roadmap revolve entirely around laptops instead. Uh, the cast aside tablets, the only details that, quoting him here, we know for sure are that they were smaller in size compared to Google's existing products and that they were standalone slates without keyboards. They weren't even far enough along in their development to have names beyond the code names used for internal reference. So he admits that ultimately what we're saying here is that Google was working on some stuff that it hadn't discussed publicly and now has decided to move away from those projects. Uh, but that is pretty significant that uh, they themselves have decided that we d we feel as though we can build our future for Google Pixel hardware without actually building any more slates. And uh, I really think that they uh, they will find that most of the potential audience for Pixels, uh, Pixel tablets have agreed with them. For a long, long time, it's like, I, when do you do you remember the last time you actually saw somebody using uh, a tablet that used uh, Google software? Like you see, you see some Samsung tabs sometimes, but that's about it. It's always the cheapy one at, that's on display at Costco. It's yeah. never like it's <laughs> never like a a Google branded one. It makes total sense for Google not to try and brand its own tablet because that just seems like Barnes, the Barnes and Noble Nook. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, that which is a rebranded Samsung. Which, by the way, did you know they're opening in Barnes and Noble by me? Like they're building it and opening it. Like in 2019, we're building a bookstore. Anyway, mm. uh, you sure it's not just a? Well, I would say I was going to say you sure it's not a, just a front for an illegal pot dispensary. But those are legal now, so even that they're reason super for, legal in California. Yeah, so yeah, they're super legislated. What, what uh, illegal thing could anyway. they possibly be doing? That would involve them to say, well, we need to we we've, we're paying Barnes and Noble $80 a month, which they were happy to get from us to be able to put up the signage so that up front we've got a few John Grisham novels uh, and the chicken soup books. But really in the back is where we're selling the uh, like like the, the bootleg Cartier uh, wristwatches and bags. Well, I was going to say they're selling bootleg. They're selling those tablets that you found at the drugstore, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no tablets, Android. Okay, look, <laughs> Google kind of messed up tablets. Okay, I'm sorry. They did a really good uh, attempt with Chrome OS, I think, on the Pixel Slate and what it was supposed to stand for. But I think Chrome OS, just as an operating system, it lives in its own niche. It fulfills its own niche. The people who use it are very happy with it. It's... It is what it is, but it's not a tablet uh, interface. It's not a tablet ecosystem. And um, there's just it's a vast differentiation between an Android app on a phone and an Android app on a tablet. Yeah. So I think I think it's just going to be up to Samsung and 
Ace, I don't know if Asus is making anymore. Uh, I know Lenovo's still making cheapy tablets. Um, uh, yeah. Inter- internationally, <laughs> there, there's kind I, of a yeah. market for it, but it's not, in terms of what they would need a Pixel branded tablet to do, no, they, don't, they ain't got it. <laughs> People no here, they're either going to buy, if you want to read, you're probably going to buy a Kindle and you're probably going to get the ink one with like the backlight that's like super nice. Or you're going to buy an iPad yeah. and you're going to choose an iPad mini or you're going to choose the super duper iPad pro because you love to doodle on the bus. And, you know, it, Google just needs to, you know what? Stick with Chrome OS. They're they're on a good path with that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with my Chrome OS uh, laptop and I'm fine with my Pixel. Like being out in the world with those two things, like I feel fulfilled as a person. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're yeah. like, oh, this is my kit. Like, I feel like when I put my my Pixel book into my bag and then I put my Pixel into my bag and my Bluetooth earbuds <laughs> and my storable hairbrush that I can just conquer the world. <laughs> it's your mystic Uru hammer is your. <laughs> yeah. And it's just to make sure that there is no confusion here. That doesn't certainly doesn't affect the Pixel book. They're talking about uh Anything that is you know, like a touchscreen that does not have a keyboard attached to it, uh, or even a removable keyboard. We might even get a new Pixel Book if if things go well. Maybe this I, year. I just hope that I just hope they don't screw it up. I love my Pixel Book so much, and I'm really so ready to buy whatever I know, the next I, one is. Like testing these gaming laptops, I'm like, God, these things are huge, and the hinges are like really, you know, they're just really hard hinges, which I get it. Yeah, but it, but I've been coming from this life of portability with the Pixel Book, where I just open it, close it, and open and close it, and <laughs> it just goes in all sorts of directions. And um, Google's on to something with Chrome OS. Yeah, and they've, Google and wasn't success, really. So. Yeah, we haven't had an amazing tablet since the second gen Nexus Seven. Like the Nexus Nine existed for what it was, but that was a giant nine inch tablet, and it just it wasn't competing up to par with the iPad like in terms of touchscreen responsiveness and the things that people wanted it to do. And the operating system just was like, bleh. like Android, <laughs> like you know, here's all your apps, which is actually kind of iOS's thing. But for some reason it works for Apple. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, it is what it is. I'm, I'm happy to say goodbye. Like drop dead weight. That's, that's what I say. Focus <laughs> on things that work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, I, I just, uh, the Apple uh, dropped uh, public betas, uh, first public betas of this year's major uh, redos of uh, mm-hmm. of iOS. Right. And also now iPadOS. And I, I would like to think that they, that they were sort of ready to make this decision for a long time. And then they saw the demo of iPadOS yeah. and said, we don't have that. We're not going to have that. Well, and there's any... no point. Chrome <laughs> yeah. OS does all of that stuff. Like I can, I can uh, work with external drives with Chrome OS, no problem with a USB-C adapter. Like I actually, last summer, that's how I archived my photos and media library is I, um, I use Chrome OS because it's such a light operating system like i don't have to sit there and wait it just opens the file Mm. so chrome os is the future like that is i mean i love i don't get me wrong i love a full-fledged windows pc with all the bells and whistles but uh google knows what it's doing so (laughs) i i'm i'm i accept that we are kicking out this product category (laughs) yeah I'm, i'm i am sort of uh how about going back to wearables (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. 
Oh God, that's so sad because I really do want. I want. As I look at my Galaxy Active Watch Active, which by the way, like doesn't completely work because Android Q Beta is like making it. Yeah, I'm. I keep and and now I'm looking at Watch OS six from Apple without even looking at the hard whatever new hardware they have this year. And I'm like. Let's make a list of everything that I love about the Apple Watch and how many don't, things. Don't, because then you're going to make me sad that I don't have any of that. No, it's just, no, it's, it, uh, see, what, what I'm getting is that I've, I've certainly, I've certainly seen nothing about the iPhone this year that makes me want to switch back to the iPhone. And of course, the Apple Watch is not compatible with Android. You can, but the the uh, Google app will on, uh, on Android will, I think, have some compatibility with some features of some Google apps and features, but you don't get the experience that I think you would even get with uh, an, a Wear OS Android Android watch. But I, 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 I make this list of everything that I like about it and say, now let's cross off all the things that you would lo- that you you like about the uh, Apple Watch when paired with a with an iPhone that you would not have if you continue to use your Pixel, and it's like. Andy, that's still a really long list. <laughs> I just and the things and it's like if all that, but all Google would have to do is introduce or twist some manufacturer's arm, like like Fossil or whatever, to make a really, 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 really good Wear OS watch, and I'd be like at least willing to give them two hundred dollars to stay in the game for another couple of years. Uh, I actually think Google's been making or rather there are some nice watches out there with Wear OS on them. The problem is I can't take any of them into a pool for a prolonged period of time. Hmm. That's why I went with the Galaxy Watch Active because I need something that can go out on the trail with me and and dive into the pool um, because all the sporty watches are just are made for like sporty people. <laughs> like, and I'm not like a sporty person. I'm like, I'm a casually like walk up the hill person, you know? I'm going to really yeah. take my time doing it. And huff and puff the whole way, but I still want to measure it. Yeah. <laughs> See, the, the 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 central problem for me is that the features that I get from from a Wear OS watch because it is paired to an Android phone are not as good or as important to me as the features I can get from an Apple Watch. I know. Just by at least just by owning an iPhone, having a drawer in the drawer just to set it up with, so that I can continue to wear it just as a fitness watch. Uh, a good-looking fitness watch with awesome bands that could keep switching in and out, and I just—I don't know. I just can't get it. If I want to spend—if I want to spend a hundred dollars on a fitness watch, then maybe Android Wear. But maybe if I want to spend two hundred fifty dollars, I feel on a like fitness you're watch, better off. I feel like you're better off getting one of those third-party fitness watches that like works with Android and iOS, but is totally yeah. its own thing. Like Garmin makes know, its own but thing, the, but they're so. And they're very robust, and they have I, a lot of. Yeah, I, I was looking. I was. I was considering heavily the uh, the Fitbit. The the, the the Fitbit. It's not necessarily an Apple Watch knockoff, but you can tell yeah. stylistically. And I then, see a lot of people wear those. But the, but then I saw the screen where they uh, Apple actually like you can't tell where the screen ends on an Apple Watch. Whereas like oh I can actually see where the pixels are and where the pixels aren't on this. It looks like a fitness watch. It's like yeah, oh that's a fitness it's, watch. It's not a you know what I mean? It's not a smart watch. Yeah, and I I I, so I don't necessarily want a smart I just don't want to be annoyed every time I check the time. And it would annoy me to say could you have just made the background a different color so it's not trying to trick me into thinking that that you have deep black pixels cuz you don't. I you're lovely 
God bless you, but you don't have deep black OLED pixels. Okay. Uh, one, <laughs> one last thing before we... It's a good seg- segue, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so, uh, Bill Gates... Uh, of Microsoft, I, of, of Microsoft. <laughs> I get. I, I. I have not met each and every one of you, dear listeners. I'm gonna take a guess. He would not be overly offended if I said that he is probably more successful than any of us. Because he was totally my hero, by the way, when I was like eight or nine, because I totally watched the Pirates of Silicon Valley. And <laughs> I, yeah, it's a, he, <laughs> then I he, found out how Mel dominated this industry is. Um, yeah. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of liked like the '80s Bill Gates, or especially the '70s Bill Gates. The '70s and '80s Bill the Gates. Noah Wiley plays. Uh, well, sorry, I meant Noah Wiley played Steve Jobs in that movie. Yes, <laughs> of ER fame. Yep. Uh, but it was probably the second best movie, Steve Jobs. I would say. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, see, the '80s, '80s uh, Bill Gates was kind of a punk, and I kind of like that. Before before he before he was like urged to before he could hire people to make sure his hair was washed every single morning he was kind of a punk I kind of mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. but so he was a uh, doing an onstage interview at uh, Village Capital which is a venture capital firm the video is online linked to in the show notes uh, in which case in which he says that his greatest mistake was not beating Android. Uh, and here's a transcription of the yeah, relevant is. package. Yeah, no, <laughs> not bad. That's a good. That's a that's the right mistake to take to the grave. Yeah, Mr. Gates, I'm sorry, that was really intense, but but it's okay because I feel it. I totally feel his. I, I feel it. Yeah, with it with, with uh, I'm sure within the context of like running Microsoft, I'm sure that not. I I gotta say that. Uh, he might have more than made up if if he get, ever gets down on it. Uh, maybe his friends or Melinda would say, "But hey, you you and I pretty much have driven polio into the ground and saved millions of lives of children." Yeah, and you also live on your own island in the middle of Washington State. But so. no, but no, you really, I think you really <laughs> want to push the like curing polio thing because that's right. That's pretty good. Sure, that's sure. A, that's you know. If again, I would like I would like to hope that if uh, the, you know your brain is not always terribly helpful to you, and if you did like wet your pants in a Christmas pageant at age eight in front of everybody and everybody laughed at you, it will remind you of that on a, every eleven days for the rest of your life. I would like to think that someone said, "Hey, yes, you did. You did wet your pants when you were eight when you were eight years old at the Christmas pageant," but. You know, here's here's what polio. Here's how many people, how many little kids got polio before you decided to solve the problem. And here's so balance, maybe. Uh, so, but let's let's. Uh, the Verge has a transcription of uh, the passage saying, "Quote: This is uh, Bill Gates speaking in the soft. I kind of almost want to do the voice in the software world, particularly for platforms. There are winner take all markets. So the greatest mistake ever is whatever mismanagement I engaged in that caused Microsoft not to be what Android is. That is." Android is the standard non-Apple phone platform. That was a natural thing for Microsoft to win. It really is winner take all. If you're there with half as many apps or 90% as many apps, you're on your way to complete doom. There's room for exactly one non-Apple operating system. And what's that worth? 
$400 billion that would be transferred from company G to company M. By the way, your uh, your your whole shtick, it really started to round out by the end. You really, really started to hone in on the Bill Gates because, <laughs> yeah, you, you got a little more nasally, which I think is what was missing at the beginning. So good job, Andy. I think it's, it's more of the, the, the flow of it. I, I, I yeah. remember a lot of Steve. I, I remember a lot of his keynotes from CES that have stuck in my mind. Uh, yeah. So uh, absolutely right. Uh, I, I'm not sure why he takes such personal responsibility for failing to like for, for, for losing to Android. Oh, I completely understand why he takes personal responsibility just because I'm a person who puts this much pressure on herself. <laughs> yes. So I can, I feel like maybe me and Bill Gates have a little kinship there because th- <laughs> I mean, think about it. He s- started Microsoft and for for you, I, it probably feels like, a child to him, right? Like it's not exact. He birthed the child, he <laughs> raised it. Uh, and then he let the child go out into the world and the child did not compete well in the smartphone market. <laughs> uh, you could um, say it didn't compete well. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's putting it, putting it lightly, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was checking the dates cause like, gee, I can't remember when did like Google buy Android? Like maybe was there a window in which Microsoft could have bought Android and then like been Android, but no, that, uh, that happened in 2005. Would have Microsoft done that anyway? Because were they, were they even messing with open source at that time? Like that's the thing. It's they, they, they already had windows phone, uh, in various flavor, windows CE that, and windows phone. Yeah? They were vested really heavily in it they really thought that was going to work well it was windows uh, mobile before Win- it was windows phone mm-hmm. windows mobile windows, windows phone mobile. windows ce that that was part of the problem where they mm-hmm. kept sort of moving the target and changing their weaponry but thinking that their their microsoft is really all going to work out perfectly well uh steve balmer famously reacted to the announcement of the iphone by saying oh god a five six seven hundred dollar phone that doesn't have a keyboard and doesn't work with like business software it's going to be a, it's going to be a huge failure um later on he's sort of like acknowledged how bad that quote was in retrospect, but part, but and acknowledged that, yeah, I really wish that I'd understood that uh, uh, the idea of having, of having the, uh, having the partnership with the networks and having them basically bill for the phone on a monthly basis was going to cut down on the hurt. But yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a very, very good showing, but again, uh, Bill, if you're listening, polio, awesome. Again, I've never had polio myself. I don't know to my knowledge people who have had polio, but thanks to you and uh, and 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 your foundation uh, and your partner in the and the foundation, Melinda, uh, I will I never know anybody with, with with polio. I'm pretty sure. I was going to say that Bill Gates is one of the few because I was just thinking, man, these are listen. This is I'm I'm a woman. Man, these are a lot of men who like were doing these things. I was just thinking about Steve Ballmer and how like haughty he was and just kind of 
<laughs> I thought I it, thought you were saying he's a hottie. Or no, saying, no, 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 no. I'm not going to judge. He's yeah, very hotty. Yes, H a u g h t y. Um, extremely hotty. And then I'm just. I wasn't objecting. About... I was just surprised when I misinterpreted that. <laughs> I'm objecting to that. Sorry, Steve Palmer. <laughs> um, crap. Once once podcasts are indexed, I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> I love that Bill Gates has always had his wife with him in the spotlight. I always. Really appreciated that because I feel like whenever we think of Bill, we also think of Melinda. Um, you know, I just I wonder what this would have been like if women were at the helm. <laughs> I'm going into there's a thought bubble above me that Andy can't see on the <laughs> Skype window right now that just emerged. Anyway, mm. we were a video I'm just podcast. Musing. We would now ask our video producer to please put a thought bubble, and then you would then go on to like pre-record. <laughs> you you in a business it, yes. suit. Say, okay, that's a dumb idea. That's a stupid idea. This corporate policy is a piece of crap. It would just be Melanie Griffith in. There is a reason why Floco sits upon the top of this industry akin to a colossus. And it's because we don't make dumb decisions like that. You know, someday if I ever finally like do my graphic novel based on a world based on my name, it, it's true <laughs> that the big corporation would be called Flowcore Industries. <laughs> Flow conglomerate, flowglomerate. <laughs> and you, you kind of, you, you, you kind of have to like buy like a, a, a plumbing concern or plumbing like hardware manufacturer because Floco, you can tell it's Floco because it'll definitely go. I know, but go. why? But just because the, there's flow in it doesn't mean that everything has. I mean, uh, see, what, I, what, what, well, conglomerate. You're, you got to diversify. The thing okay, is, that's if fair. you're investing in, if you're, one of the companies you buy involves like infrastructure, there's always going to be a need <laughs> for water and sanitation. Okay. So you can't just have your entire business it's on true. whatever. Um, I don't know what the core, your core business is going to be. It's true. So when does our version of Monopoly come out? Monopoly, the material <laughs> podcast version. Okay, mm. we, I think we haven't, we haven't re- been doing a good job staying completely on target, but it was a good <laughs> it was a good fun filled hour. So listen, it is the week before a national holiday in the great United States of America. My best friend is getting married in a week. Like I am, I'm sorry. This is what this is the content you're getting from me. And by the way, we're doing our episode early for next week, so that's going to be. That- yes, <laughs> we'll see how fun that is to stay on task. Stay tuned to next week. We should we should point out that uh, when you listen to next week's episode, neither Flo nor I will have been at a Fourth of July parade or fireworks celebration. So keep that in mind. Well, I'll be if- floating in the Columbia River on Fourth of July. So, oh, I'm sorry. Why? Do you, do you have time to learn how to swim before then? I know how to <laughs> swim. I see what I did. There. I see. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> Uh, before you, before you, you inflate your inner tube and you can become a member of us, by the yeah, way, exactly. If you feel as though you want to support more of this happening, uh, go to relay.fm slash material, which you can sign up for an annual membership. Uh, and we definitely appreciate that because we do see that as a separate, uh, as a separate check that comes in, which gives us an indication that, oh, wow, there are people who are willing to not only passively listen, but actively like give, give, uh, give Relay FM access to their money. And we definitely appreciate that for all of our members uh but before next week uh, anything that we, anything that we, people should know about happening in the flow universe not really i mean i'm working a lot but i'm doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes right now i'm mm. doing so much lab work which is fine because yeah. lab work pays the bills but and lab work is my specialty but it just means that you won't see something from me until like the end of the summer <laughs> 
yeah, this was this was a fun early week because I got the I got my uh, NDA Raspberry Pi four. <laughs> then, mm. then the public betas of uh, Mac OS, mm. and but, I love so it when that happens. Yeah, so it's just nothing. But I'm going to have to screw around with stuff that I've never screwed around before, so I can mm-hmm. talk about it maybe on, as turns out, on Thursday as we record. That t- tomorrow as we record, I'm going to be on uh, one of my usual almost weekly things on Boston NPR WGBH uh, from one to one thirty. It looks like on Thursday, the twenty twenty seventh. And uh, if you don't get to listen to it live, you can listen to it later. Just go to WGBHnews.org where you can uh, replay or play the stream. Uh, So I guess that's going to be it for this week. Uh, Everybody, Mm -hmm. thanks so much for listening this week. We hope you listen again next week. Until then, have an awesome seven days. Bye. (laughs) 